0: Blue Tiger Revenge brought to you by Narpig. Hit the music.
1: That's right. For another episode of the podcast that always brings the best revenge ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Blue Tiger Revenge podcast. I am comic book creator Tagalucia. The Milkman. The Milkman. And with me, drinking Mountain Dew, Ginger Ale. Ginger Ale. I've been corrected. The man himself, the king of beards, Big Brian Bales. How's it going, Big bar Good, man. I uh, I don't do Mountain Dew. I don't do it. Good. Yeah, that stuff is disgusting.
0: Yeah, I had a... Yeah, we'll leave it at that. I don't do Mountain
1: Dew. You know what? Speaking of disgusting, you know it was gross. What? The, D- the DC fandom thing. Today, oh, man. yeah. I could. Come on. Like... Wh- can we not get a shout out highlighting all of the badass creators that are that, literally creating 99.9% of the content that people enjoy? Yeah. At least you saw from they they highlighted like
0: a couple of comics. Uh, they highlighted uh there's going to be uh some sort of new Superman run that they're calling it's going to be bigger than the death of Superman. Um
1: Okay. But it well, but it was let's...
0: Jim Lee who was who was like giving the presentation. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, I love Jim Lee. You know, huge fan, one of my favorite artists. But he's not on the book. It would have been cool to see to hear from well, the folks who were on the book.
1: Yeah, and here's my big here's my biggest problem. If you got to tell people that how, how good something is, mm, yeah, it's probably probably not that good. Yeah, S- sorry, Rock. <laughs> Sorry buddy.
0: <laughs> no. And let's see. What Oh, there is one bit of news that came out of that. They are changing and this is this is going to make uh, Fox News, OAN, Breitbart and all of those great news sites is that they are changing uh, Superman's motto. You know, it was truth Oh, yeah. truth justice that. in the American way and now it's uh, truth justice and a better tomorrow. So you know yeah, Dean Dean Cain's on the circuit now. He's on the news circuit now because of this. I guarantee it.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't want to talk politics, no, but um me either. I think it's I like it. I think th- I think it's super fitting. It is. Yeah.
0: He's a he's a man of the people of
1: of the world. So. Yeah, he doesn't have to just be an American symbol anymore. Yeah. Um Yep. He represents everybody and also hey Essels, he's a fictional character who gives a fuck. And uh, and an illegal immigrant. Saying, very true
0: (laughs) very true yeah i will say so out of everything i saw probably the the my favorite thing that i saw was uh they showed like a little tiny tiny teaser for the flash movie um and so you hear you hear keaton talking you don't ever get to see him you (laughs) see uh yeah that pissed me off but you're
1: so desperate for keaton that all you need is like him like
0: hey i'm batman that's all I. and need. then that's it you're like that's it i'm in oh, it. oh you take my money yeah me and me and everybody else who grew up watching those movies
1: true i mean i'm right
0: there with I, you. know. Just I know i give- know you see the silhouette of his bat suit and then uh there's a, a shot of ezra miller um he's pulling the tarp off of the batmobile and that's when they end it and i was like you fucking assholes which is funny because it's a Flash movie, and the only thing anyone gives a shit about in the Flash movie is Michael Keaton, Batman.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I mean, I, listen, I mean, ultimately, it's great that, I mean, it's cool that they're highlighting. I just, I am always get bummed out when the creators don't yeah. get the spotlights because they've never gotten there, the spotlight. There should have been some sort of, like, panel or,
0: or something with, like, a panel of creators, you know?
1: Yeah, or just at least highlight. you know, I mean, I know we're like a reclusive bunch of comic creators, but, you know, just at least say, flash their names across the screen or something, yeah. you know, show if you're gonna show some preview art. Don't just make it all about, you know, I agree. The, the actors and the movies. Because, like, let's be honest, like, I mean, the, the actors do a great job. They're awesome. They're great advocates for yeah. the. But at the same time, like when their job is done, they move on and they go to something else. You know what I mean? Like right. they're not where you have creators who their identity is wrapped up into the, you know what I mean? Their hearts and souls. They're in this for a long haul and they're not necessarily getting like the kind of like financial no, long-term retribution. Very that, select few. <laughs> Very yeah. The, select few. That, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's just one of those where it's like, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it, I guess. Like I get, I get it, but at the same time, I get why they do it. It breaks my heart. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I think, I wonder if they're going to continue to do it if, like, when Comic-Con comes back, like, when San San Diego comes back in full force, if they're going to continue to do their DC fandom, or if they're just going to do it at San Diego Comic-Con, you know what I mean?
1: Isn't that where they traditionally did it
0: before? That's where they did a lot of, like, the big, all the big reveals and stuff were there, yeah.
1: I I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I bag. Out, I make fun of The Rock, even though I like some of the stuff he does. I just remind me of when he did came out and said did that announcement for the UFC that, yep, I'm doing a UFC. I'm gonna play. And then he talked. He said he dropped the name of like some UFC legend that nobody remembers. Yeah, you know, like he, yeah, and ever, and it was just like no clap, no no. And I kind of got that vibe with this where he's like, yeah, I'm getting ready. Shit, I'm black adam and i'm like D- does he know that black adam is not like a super well-known character not like he's not one of those like characters that like yeah you drop it's, that it's not superman like, oh, like- <laughs> oh shit yeah and they were really acting like it was and I, I get what they're trying to do but at the same time it's like people are going like yeah okay so what like who's black adam
0: What's i will say the opening the clip that they teased was pretty freaking cool but the entire like promo lead up up to it was uh real lame uh,
1: yeah i don't know
0: I'm with you though, man. Like they're, they're, they're going to make him a good guy and that's going to bum me out.
1: Yeah. The rock doesn't play a bad game.
0: I know that's not the rocks. That's not what people go to see the rock (laughs) do.
1: (laughs) Very true. Very true. Oh man. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, we do have a great guest coming in. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. Her new book is out. It's fantastic. I have, listed down while i was reading it this afternoon uh i've got a bunch of questions oh good i have to ask you well i had them here where'd they go Oh they're there. but um yeah and uh we were lucky enough that uh tko who's the publisher yeah um, we love big fans of tko uh, yeah we do i mean we've reviewed a few of their books and they always produce pretty pretty awesome stuff um yeah, you know, they kinda hooked us up for this episode too. They sent us a copy of the PDF. Yeah. Uh, I just they, finished yeah. it. So I'm I'm excited to talk about it. Good, good. I hope you got some questions. I do. I hope you got some questions. I do. Good. Um I do. but it was just cool. It was really cool. It's cool to have a, a like a, a cool publishing house like that. Like I recognize the podcast. Not that it's about us, it's all it's always about our guests. Yeah. But it's neat to get that kind of And the backing, millions. Yeah. You know.
0: and millions
1: all right. Of the I'm Tiger out, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a heart man, okay? I know you all are. All right. I know Heart Foundation. All the way through. through. He's the 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 best. Well, there's only one still left kicking, unfortunately. True. True. Now, now we
0: Excellent.
2: got all somber. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what else is new, man? We got a few minutes to kill before uh, our uh, honored guest. I know. Shows up. I'm trying to think, not uh What not have you been turn, up man. to? Um how What? You know what? You know what we can t- I know what we can do. Hey everybody. Substack. We're there. We're posting on we Substack. Are. We are. Substack. Substack. com. We're taking it to the next level over there. We're uh you could say we're the uh the furriest no, although not, maybe not the first. Not, <laughs> we're we we're the bluest tiger. That's right. On the Substack universe. So come check us out. Subscribe. It's free to subscribe. It is. We will have some paid content. But not, as always, majority of our stuff is f- f- free. That's right. Oh, I just got a message from our guest. Oh. It looks like she's ready to go. All right. Well, let's bring her in. All right.
2: Check, one, two. Tiger Milk, Tiger Milk, I like Tiger Milk. Give us some more of that, please. Tiger Milk.
1: And we're back. We're back. We're back. With a returning guest, Sloane Leong. How's it going?
3: Hey, it's going good. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. For returning, making your return that's appearance, right. return to the tiger. <laughs> den. That's, that's right. We need it. You
0: know what? Yeah. I need to get a hold of Matty K so he can do a, a new jingle for returning guests.
1: Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good that's like, a return really good to the idea. tiger.
0: Then, yeah, I'll make Ooh. it happen. I'll make it happen.
1: So <laughs> you're here. You're gracing us with your presence. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, I mean. We're going to talk about your new book with yeah. TKO. I mean, we have to. Yes. But first, how are you doing? It's kind of been a rough, oh, I don't know, <laughs> couple of years. Uh, yeah. A little
3: bit. How have how, how you been? <laughs> um, I've been okay. Probably the same as everyone else. Just, you know, hanging in there, staying at home, um, trying not to get sick. That's mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. like. I don't know. I've been really trying to have fun with my work. A lot of my projects got put on hold last year. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to try and explore and get back to my, like, core and, like, try and find, like, things that are, like, creatively exciting for me. So I, like, started taking, like, um, started doing, like, pottery and, like, wheel throwing and ceramics. Oh, cool. And I started writing a lot more. And, yeah, it's been good. I've been not and like now that work is starting up again i'm like i don't want to do any of those things that i need to do (laughs) i just want to have fun yeah yeah but yeah yeah
1: yeah. oh man i haven't done i haven't like thrown the clay around in i probably 50 What? let's see how long my wife and i've been together 15 years probably is the last time i was actually like in like you know using the kiln and you know sculpting stuff and everything how was that are you were you do you have a, a setup at your house or were you going to a place
3: um i've never sculpted before so i recently found like there's a little studio near my near my neighborhood um and they opened up with like a limited amount of like potters um yeah. for the pandemic you know i was like oh i should check this out it's like um, they usually have they have like big sp- kind of like a spacious studio. Very cool. Um, so yeah, I just go there and I usually rent a wheel for like a couple hours and then they fire stuff basically for free. You just oh. pay for the time. Yeah. Um, you pay for the time and pay for the clay and then you can basically throw as much as you want and they'll fire it for you. Um, awesome. So it's really really nice. The the guy the head Potter is like just like loves. Anything that anyone makes, so even like the ugliest like little pots, he's always like, "That's incredible." He's like extremely supportive. The first thing I made, he was like, "He's like, wow, that looks exactly like a belly button. That is amazing." And I was like, "Wow,
0: (laughs) belly button." You're like, "It's supposed to be a plate." Thank you very much.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was going for like a vase, but okay.
1: (laughs) Wow, that's That's cool. cool Are you uh, are you in Portland or are you still out in uh, the couve?
3: Yeah, yeah, Vancouver. Yeah. Vancouver, Coover, False Coover, yeah. <laughs>
1: false Coover, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <I'm laughs> how how is the Coop doing?
3: It's fine. I mean, I'm just like in the suburb, so there's not really a lot going on here, yeah. but um yeah, it's been it's been chill. Um chill. Yeah. That's probably the the best
1: way to describe the Coov, chill. I'd it's agree. pretty chill. Yeah, yeah. I would agree not
3: not a lot of action.
1: Uh, <laughs> no. <in the>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: The most action you get is like, this when the salmon are running up the Columbia. And that's about
0: it. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's about it. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and what an exciting time that is. Let me tell you, that's good times. Oh yeah, that's oh, good times. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh. What about you two? How have you been? Like, you know, hanging Bri.
1: Well, Bry has been just growing beards. Yes. Trimming beards. Bro- growing another beard and trimming.
0: I yeah, it was it was uh, really long. My hair. Was really long, and then uh, you know, just on a whim, I cut it all off, and and now it's back again. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, other, other than that, uh, I actually split a lot of my time between. I live up in Lacey, and uh, I'm down okay. in I'm down in Vancouver a lot because my uh, my oldest lives down there. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, they're in high school down there, so I I, I go cool. down there. Uh, oh. Fairly often. Fairly often. Mm-hmm. My favorite pho place is down there. So uh I gotta I gotta hit it up. Have you have you are you a pho fan, Sloan? I do like pho. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Okay. Totally. So there's
0: there's a place, uh what's it on? It's on Mill Plane by it's in the it's in the shopping uh like the shopping center where, where the Chucks is, right there on the Oh east yeah, side. okay. Yeah, that that, yeah. that place is bomb. Is yeah. that that's off the five there, right? Off the two oh five, actually. It's off two oh five. Okay. It's on the other side, uh, yeah. P- I've probably eaten there. You probably have. It's delicious. I probably have. It's delicious. <laughs> but, uh, mm. you know, other than that, uh, just work. I I'm I was lucky enough to be able to transition to working from home. And uh, nice. pretty much for the most part, I'm going to continue working at home, except for tomorrow when I got to go work in Woodenville all freaking day. But, uh, mm. you know, it's eh, so whatever. That's whatever.
2: Okay.
1: I-, I-, I was o- all right. I had i was I'm working on a couple like I guess graphic novels. Um they got, you know, on hiatus. and then like, um, uh, I don't want the podcast to be a downer, but my wife got really sick.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, so I had to kind of shut things down for a while because it was is it was really not with covid. she had um she had like brain aneurysms, oh, so man. yeah, so cool. it got like it got real serious for a bit. We're doing good now. But yeah, it was one of those where I was like, okay, yeah, as much as I love comics, uh, if this pers- this gets any crazier, like, comics is definitely gonna have to take a hike because uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to like get something that's more uh, <sighs> substantial in terms of like benefits and things like that. Because I mean, yeah. you, I mean, you know, comics is great, but you know, it's definitely um, you know, if you've got major family responsibilities. It's probably not the most, um, responsible profession.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, uh, anytime but, hospital
3: bills come up, you're pretty much yeah. screwed. if You don't have like some sort of like middle to upper, upper tier career in place. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. was, I was looking like, okay, there's some design gigs, some storyboarding gigs that are like with companies. And then I was at one point, I was even like, well, the North Slope is hiring. They always need people yeah. to work on the <laughs> uh, the oil pipes. So uh, yeah. I, I could do that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: uh, no, we're doing good now. Um, we had, oh, she had surgery like, what was it two months ago now? Yeah. And uh, uh, which is crazy, like brain surgery.
3: It's, yeah
1: that's insane it's the most scared i've ever been in my entire life uh she was not scared she was like yeah whatever this is this is how you do it you know <laughs> I'm, I'm right there hardcore henry like oh, yeah. slow down God. like whatever yeah
3: drop yeah,
1: back yeah that's actually she... back later <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's literally what it was she's like you can't come in here yeah, yeah you know. i know yeah you know. i mean she works at the hospital so she knows like a bunch of the doctors and everything which was great so but you know with COVID you can't go in. So I was just right. like stand I spent a lot of time standing out in parking lots just sweating. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, no, we're out of the woods on that, so to speak. And uh yeah, just kinda like you said, I, I had the the I think the best thing that came out of it is both for my wife and I. We both going through COVID and then all that, we were both like, Oh, is definitely kind of a game changer where of like We've spent so much time doing, going in one direction with our careers and our lives, and now we're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, your life is very fragile. Mm-hmm. We have a very limited time. Should probably, maybe steer the ship into a direction that's more towards like what we really want to go after." So that's yeah, good. We're totally. we're making some big kind of changes, yeah. life wise, career wise, going after things we want to do.
2: Oh, that's um, awesome.
1: Yeah, I've, I've always been like a like a work for hire guy, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, if they need somebody to do a few pages or ghost or anything or what, you know, anything, I'd say yes. And now I'm kind of saying like, Man, I don't, I want to do, you know, I want
0: well, like to be like slow enough. You, you, I you, you have started an imprint coming. is what you did.
1: I mean, kind of. Yes. Ooh, yeah.
2: That's
1: cool. I'm, I've never done like zines or short stories. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to start an imprint and just do a whole series of uh you know, short stories to release over the next year, just stuff that I want to do. I don't know if people like them or people hate them. I don't really care. Uh, you know, just, just get them done, get them out there.
2: That's awesome. Well, that's do, so exciting.
1: Well, yeah. Right. I mean, that's why we do this, right. Is to tell the stories that we want to tell, um, which enough about me. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> enough about you. Good God. Enough about me. <laughs> All day. I hear about it all day.
2: Uh, Every day. All
3: day.
1: Let's talk some grave I, because um, I purposely – so TKO sent me the kind of – they sent both Brian and I. They sent us the like – Little promo. What you call it. Yeah, the promo breakdown. I purposely didn't read it. Same. Because I was like, no, no, I want to go in. I want to go into this book blind. And yes. oh, man. Like there's some <laughs> things you did I wasn't expecting like – the, narr- the narration of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting it to be, spoiler, from the house's perspective. Oh, mm. my God. That was brilliant.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. So
1: I guess I just, what was the, how did this all start? What made you decide to do this?
3: Yeah. Um. So this originally started as like a short story. Um. I think it's now about like four or five. Four or five years old, the short story. Um, And I always thought it would be cool to expand on it. The short story is just the house's narration. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's pretty short. I think it was like maybe like four or five K words. And I don't know. I was just like, oh, yeah, this would be cool if I could basically, you know, make what it ended up being, which is like having the house narrate and we get to watch what they're seeing, but never really get to delve into the actual human characters. Mm Um, so yeah, that was just like I don't know, I didn't really pursue a collaboration about it. I was like, oh I'll 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 draw it when I have time. Um, but then I was, you know, talking to Anna a couple years ago, um, Anna Bowles, who I know from this old comic site called Enter Void, which is kind of like this indie um, indie cartoonist site where you create like original characters and then you pit them against other characters by using like both your characters in a comic. And then, (laughs) yeah, that's really cool. And then, and then we would basically like upload both of our comics, which could be like a lot of the times it was just like two characters, like duking it out, like superpowers, or it could be something more like funny or like scary. Like it was open to any genre as long as the two characters were involved. Um, And then, yeah, the other cartoonists would like vote on it and give you like critique and ratings and whatever. Um, So that's where I met her. And I always really liked her art. I think she has like an insane inking style, just like super sophisticated and really classically um, like beautiful. Um, And I I forget like why we started talking about it, but I brought it up to her and I was like, it would be cool, maybe we could collab on this. Like, I think you have a really good, she also has like a really, she was posting at the time, I think, just like images that were really, really shadowy yeah. and like kind of gothic and i was like oh that would fit really well with the story and i sent it to her and she immediately started turning out like concept art and i was like oh man okay well let's we, let's try and put together a proposal if you really like it um yeah. and yeah yeah, yeah. And it
1: happened i mean i love her use of or i should say limited use of color like just pretty much just red, red and then everything yeah. else is go- yeah. like this nice ink I don't know if it's ink wash or watercolor but it looks yeah. really great you know like and that's one of those things i think sometimes is hard to get that balance just right but she gets mm-hmm. it like perfect just perfect I don't know, i'm yeah. i've got the i'm looking at some of the pages right now yeah yeah i just uh um so brian and i were actually debating though cuz i was like so was isla a vampire
3: or no? oh yeah um yeah so isla i I think she's more of just, like, a serial killer with, like, a penchant for maybe some light cannibalism. Um, Okay. Her, I didn't really want to, like, nail her down into a specific, like, folkloric creature or anything. But, I mean, she does, obviously, like, there's points where she's almost, like, kind of, like, hulking out in Mm a sort of, like, werewolf-in way, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But I was more concerned with, like, I was... Like, the magical... If there if there is a magical or speculative element, is like I wanted the house to actually be the thing that was like turning all its inhabitants into like the worst versions of themselves. Oh, So Isla's okay. family, Isla's family also like her parents are also we vaguely hint at like violence between the parents, yeah. and from a very young age she's had is- like basically mental health issues, um, and you see that playing out with like when she brings little kids over to her house and, you know, it's kind of implied that she murders them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and the dad covers it up for her. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about, like, um, I don't know if you've heard about, like, stone tape theory, which is...
1: No, what is that? Yeah.
3: So, like, stone tape theory is the theory that, like, things that, it, like, ghosts are supernatural. Um, things are not actually, like, other beings. It's actually recordings of traumatic events that happened, in certain oh, areas okay. embedded into the environment and I've certain heard, things will Yeah.
1: I've heard a similar theory, but it was more in terms of like the time spectrum. Like you know, when people claim they see like woolly mammoths out in the, the Russian wilderness or something? Oh, then okay. it was almost like there's a disruption in like the time continuum where it's like okay. you're seeing for a moment like something fifteen thousand years ago fade in. And I've heard people say that like kind of that similar theory applies to ghosts, but I'm liking, oh, interesting. Yes, yeah, I've heard, so I've I've read about things that are similar, but not exactly quite what you're talking. But I like this. That's interesting. It makes sense that a traumatic event could like be recorded in that spot, become like a haunting.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I really like that idea, and like um, it was like and anything can like trigger the replay of those events, in in the environment, or whatever. So um, yeah, I wanted the house to almost be like the locus of all these characters like you know bad um and like violent tendencies Mm -hmm. and it kind of cultivates them like unknowingly just by by um uh just by being a present and a witness to everything that's ever happened in in itself yeah um so that was like the kind of speculative element that i hinted at but I didn't feel it was necessary to like spell out for people it's kind of like a fun thing that was fun for me to think about and world build but I didn't think it was as necessary to I, I
0: like um, that though because yeah. it, it really like you know it got us talking about it so it really kind of it, it it leaves it up to the reader's interpretation of what you know necessarily what they want to get out of it right if that makes yeah, sense yeah totally yeah yeah
3: and yeah, it's yeah. like Also, like, with, I feel like with, like, when you have a character that's, like, a vampire or, like, a werewolf or whatever mythic, you know, creature, like, they're doing this to, like, survive. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there's these certain mechanics and rules, you know, that they have to live by in order to, you know, thrive and stuff. And I don't, it's almost, like, kind of an excuse for violence sometimes. Sure. Which can be, which can be fun. Like, that makes, that means, like, you know, vampires are, like. think they're like really sexy but i didn't want isla to have like that sort of like excuse to lean back on like she's just a serial killer who has like a tendency you know like she wants to get close to people but she has this like severe emotional block Mm -hmm. and that really upsets her um so yeah
0: yeah i i I liked how i i don't know if i don't know if we want to spoil things uh but yeah
3: the spoil things
0: okay no i liked it'll be
3: out it'll be out at the end of the month so yeah
0: okay so her her version of like getting close to people was essentially like I'm gonna kill you I'm gonna clean your bones and then I'm gonna taxidermy you.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Basically, her well, well with with Maria that whole creation of her mm-hmm. is kind of her first time she's felt like she understood what right. another person wanted was to be like powerful um but with previous victims that we kind of get hints at her at the act of like killing someone is just like an extreme intimacy that gives her like an adrenaline rush yeah and a sense of control and power and that's like the only way she can like feel anything or feel intimate with other people so that's why she keeps doing it is Mm -hmm. yeah
1: i love that you're constructing the rules for the universe that you're you're building here in the book based on the psychology of the characters. And like you said, you're not leaning on these tropes like, oh, vampiric nature or, you know, lycanthropes or whatever, or like just straight up ghost hauntings.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, It gives the, the book a lot more, just so much more depth and context, you know, and makes you like, again, like Brian and I were, before you came on, we were talking about just kind of like... the characters themselves, you know, just like, what, what was going on? You know, like, you know, we're, we're both kind of speculating of like what's going on from their emotional standpoint. Like, and I, I really, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's great. I I think that's a really great lesson, uh, just in writing that you don't necessarily have to just fall into a trope. It's there's the powers and like, I guess, leaning into real life. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Life emotions. Yeah. When and um, ha- oh, ahead, Brad, I was to say, you have like the
0: house's perspective. Right. And, and if you, you know, if you're going, if you're going off of the basis that like the house brings out the worst, the worst violence of people. And, uh, something, something that struck me was, uh, I think it was towards the end when the house is talking about their creation. They remember their first touch was basically a bear, ripping them open and and bleeding them out with via sap but so if you look mm-hmm. at it from that perspective like a house is born in violence right you're you're cutting cutting the wood up processing it doing all of those things to make mm. it into something new yeah and that's yes, you know, totally kind of mirrors that with uh, with Isla with her with her killings and her taxidermy
3: yes totally I'm really glad that you picked all that up yes, that's am smart damn it <laughs> yeah smart <laughs> Yeah, a lot of it was I I went back and forth because of because it's such a limited perspective and mm-hmm. um you know the house doesn't I don't know, it doesn't consider it's kind of a really neutral observer and also doesn't have a lot of I don't want to say in, it lacks interiority but it just doesn't care about certain things like yeah. You know, it's reminisce about its past, but only in, you know, in um, comparison to like Isla and the humans it's observing. But it doesn't actually really care about like it's, you know, where it's come from or because it doesn't have like a heritage or anything. Um, But I'm glad that those pieces, those elements of its background and what it means to kind of be something that's just like non-human, but shaped by humans like that came through. In a way, yeah,
1: that's cool. Yeah, it was great having the house as the narrator because it had this, like, it was very non-biased, almost reptilian in its analysis of the events that unfolded. You know, it was just, it was, you know, it was creating this, like, extra, like I guess, extra dialogue that, again, it left kind of the, the emotional state up to you. How do you want to react? Do you, you know what I mean? like, Yeah, I totally, I, I, I love that. Like, what, yeah, at first, when I, because, like, you know, those first few pages, when you first open it, you think almost that it's Isla talking about uh, Marie. And then you realize, oh, no, it's it's the house. It's the house talking. It was, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it, I, yeah, it was just. I don't know. It was it was great. I really really like. It's it's the perfect timing. I was looking for a good Halloween book, mm. but I didn't want something like. Ter- I typically like lean into like the monsters or something. You know, that's my jam. <laughs> so then, like, I read this. Is like, oh, this is heavy. Oh, this is intense. Okay, we're getting real. All yeah. right, cool. No, I
0: I I get that because it's definitely not. I mean, you know the books I read for the most part. Uh, so it's definitely no, this not... guy.
1: This guy I tell you. Man. He's
0: always with the Batman and stuff. I'm a Batman <laughs> guy. What do you want from me? But uh Yeah, so it's not something that I would that I would typically find on a shelf, but I'm so glad that I did. You know what I mean?
3: That's awesome. I'm really yeah, I'm really glad you liked it. Um yeah, I wasn't sure how <sighs> yeah, another reason I chose the house as like the narrator too is like I feel kind of bored by like your typical like Serial killing, like mm-hmm. dra- dramatic, you know, like, um, you know, ten, Ted Ted Bundy esque, like first person, like let's dig into their psyche, even though that's like like mind hunter or whatever. Because I just feel right. at the end of the day, like, there's just we I, we know we know they're like kind of like we've hit the wall on like the insight they can provide. They're not like these fantastical creatures that you know pop culture loves to make them out to be even though even though that's like fun yeah, you know to sure. have these like idealized versions you know and but i'm but i'm also yeah i'm really tired like you you know like all these like like hundreds and thousands of like my favorite murder and stuff and just mm-hmm. like you know they've i feel like they've completely both like sapped like killings as like something with gravitas <laughs> anymore yeah. and also i don't know they've just made it very like Quotidian, and not not just podcasts, but like even like you know Dateline or whatever. Like it's just not sure. interesting to me. So I was hoping that this level of like kind of almost like an alien perspective would add something interesting mm-hmm. to it. And yeah,
0: when it's a perspective yeah. that we've never seen before, I, I can't think of anything that's that's done something with this type of narrative.
1: Mm, I'm glad that's cool. Yeah, th- this book is seething with originality. <laughs> there you go pull quote that down pull quote (laughs) boom you're welcome yes Yes. yeah (laughs) Yeah, um so did i mean i i don't know the few the few things i've written on or when i attempt to write i should say i usually end up like kind of immersing myself into those genres or those worlds just to see what other, th- other people are doing. I mean, mm-hmm. did you go down there? I obviously, I I'm guessing you, you watched Mindhunter. Did you go down like Dexter and all that kind of stuff to see what they were doing?
3: Um, I mean, I've watched some of Dexter when it first came out. Um,
0: yeah, you can skip the uh, last season.
3: You can <laughs> skip a lot of it. <laughs> um, I didn't do any, like, serial killer research. I just... I feel like a, one thing that is, like, kind of interesting with writing and, like, people's advice they give when you're, like, creating and writing characters is, like, you know, you want them to be, like, complex and, like, nuanced. But I don't think people are actually that complex or nuanced all the time. Like, some people are just have, you know, these very basic personality traits, so... You know, I kind of constructed, like, okay, I want to have, like, you know, this character who uh, can't connect with people, and she's, the way she copes is she kills people. And I can kind of, like, work backwards. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have to do a lot of building on that, because we don't ever get into her head. Right. You know? Um. I, I had, the most, the more important dynamic that I was thinking about was how they are both, like, um... Isla has trouble connecting with people because she can't like she has like no sense of empathy. She has she has this like incredible numbness that she's struggled with her entire life, Mm -hmm. um, which like distorts how people appear to her. And with Marie, all her her, because she also has like a really troubled life. She's in like an abusive marriage. She's also constantly projecting on other people her idealized life. So to her, Isla looks you know like she is exactly what she wants to be like she's an independent you know strong woman with like her own house and you know she does whatever she wants and she's really you know she hunts and provides for herself Mm -hmm. um and both of them have these you know lenses that are just extremely so like you know tunneled and like scoped in on just what they want to see and so that was the more interesting element to me rather than like okay but why does she kill like sure you know people just kill you know people kill all the time <laughs> you know yeah sometimes on accident or like maybe they're you know we've made killing very easy you know especially with guns like she kind of she's like a huntress so she does a lot of stuff by hand but um i don't know i also feel like people underestimate the amount um someone with a tendency to violence can like disassociate as well and remove themselves from like the response, like from feeling anything. And once you begin, begin down that road, it's easy to continue numbing yourself to that sort of violence, you know? So I was like, yeah, I was just really interested in how they viewed each other. And if I could get that across without like being inside their points of view, I guess.
1: No, I, again, I, I think that's so smart to go into more to the humanistic side of the individual. Cause like, I think everybody can relate to that. There's always a time in your life where you're looking at like a peer, you know, especially like as artists, right. You know, we kind of exist in this like profession that a lot of times is like very feast or famine. And, um, so when you see somebody successful, you know, it's very easy. You're, you're happy for them, but it's also very easy to be like, oh wow everything's working everything's perfect for them they're always getting the best projects when in reality you have no idea what it's going on they they could not be happy with those projects or you know it's just yeah yeah it's a very naturalistic like human emotion that uh you know you get into those um the the dual the dualities of life (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 no it's it's great i yeah i mean it's so smart um I gotta be honest, I, I am jealous of you because I I not as I write, as I try and become a better writer, I struggle with getting into those nuances. And the few times I feel like I've tapped into it is strictly by accident. You mm. know, I'm always very um rudimentary. Crash boom <laughs> bang.
2: Oh. <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> everything's so telegraphed it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I mean there's a place like a for bat. that too.
0: There's a place for that too.
3: Sure.
1: Sure sure
3: as long as you're having fun and you're enjoying what you're writing you know
1: yeah that's all that matters that's all that matters Mm -hmm. um you know i've also noticed that you've been busy with some other projects you've been busy on all kinds of stuff you've there's been some kickstarters going around maybe it sounds Mm. like there's another kickstarter project getting ready (laughs) to come up with anthology um i mean can we talk about any of that stuff
3: yeah, I mean, we can talk about um, Death in the Mouth, which is a horror anthology I kickstarted in August. So yeah, that's cool. um, short fiction with uh, illustri- accompanying illustrations. And okay. that got funded. That This is my first Kickstarter, so I was a bit nervous, but I was just like, I don't know. I-, I had no work for like a year and a half, and I was like, okay, I just need to like try and do something for myself and also... Um, it was also just spurred on because I, I'm in a like a writer Slack group, um, and it's with a lot of like other like BIPOC women and non-binary writers, and we were just complaining because a lot of the um, horror fiction is extremely gatekept. Like there's a lot of like big name editors, and they reuse the same authors all the time in their right, anthologies, yeah. and sure, um, even yeah. trying to find like any BIPOC horror novels is very it's very difficult um so i was like okay like maybe i can just kickstart something i think there's an audience for that and there was an audience for that that's awesome (laughs) so i like i I started planning in march um and then yeah we kickstarted in august and it was it was good yeah it was it was like no go ahead
1: i was just gonna say how was that experience because that's something that like like I mentioned, doing the zines. Yeah, those. Mm-hmm. My wife and I are going to collect them and do those as an anthology. Brian and I are also working on um, a, a web comic through Substack. Oh, nice. That, yeah, I, I mean, it's it, Substack's not paying us, but no. mm. we're just doing it through their platform. Maybe we can get some of their, you know, readership right. um, help promote the podcast a little bit. You know this and that, but the the end game is oh, at the end of the year, you know, you collect it, you do a Kickstarter for it. Um so I guess my big my big question that I'm beating around the bush about is how was that process of just planning, prepping, running the Kickstarter itself? I mean it just I know it's a lot of work.
3: Yeah, um I thought it, w- it was pretty straightforward. I mm. the first thing I did was basically make a spreadsheet, you know, calculate costs of like paying, paying writers, paying the artists, um uh, printing costs, which is like you just call or you know email everybody. I tried to right. keep it. I used um bookmobile, which is like a U.S. based printer. Um, oh, okay. Instead of like one in China, because I was like, uh, it doesn't look good to, you know, yeah. print something there right now, and which is yeah, <laughs> right. good idea. Right. Um, yeah. and also the cost for shipping is a lot. You know, it's a lot lower because it's U.S. based. Um, uh, but it was pretty straightforward. I didn't think it was that difficult. Um, okay. I think the thing I struggled with most was choosing how to advertise it. Um,
2: yeah. Choosing yeah, that, if I should buy complex.
3: ads, which I I kind of experimented with. I I, I budgeted a little advertising money, like for Facebook and Twitter, um, and where else do I advertise? Um, I also bought uh, like advertising on different like horror promotion sites. Okay. Um and then also just like contacting horror magazines that would cover it too. I think that was probably the most time consuming. On top of like tweeting about it regularly while the Kickstarter was going on.
1: Yeah. Were you um, able think, to get like Scary or uh, Rue Morgue or anybody to do any highlights of it?
3: Yeah, yeah. Rue Morgue um ran a like mini comic that I made specifically for the Kickstarter. It's like oh. a five pager about horror. Um, oh great. And then That's like. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple, a couple other bigger sites also ran out, which was really cool. Um, But actually, like, you know, figuring out how much it would cost to print and pay everything was pretty straightforward. So it actually made me feel more confident. And then I had my co, my co editor helped me a lot. She is really good with spreadsheets. Not that I made like really, I'm not, I'm not an organized person, (laughs) but (laughs) so, uh, just having her able, like with me to like organize stuff that helped a lot, but, um, yeah, it kind of really boosted my confidence. I was like, oh, I could, I could do this again. This was not as scary as, you know, I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and also like, I tried to keep it, keep our stretch goals pretty modest. Like we added like foil at a certain point. Mm-hmm. um one of the stretch goals was like turning our black and white illustrations into color which we didn't reach um but i, I don't want do. that would like, be expensive yeah yeah because that would like that would bump up the price for all our artists and the printing cost which was like even more you know basically double the cost per book um yeah. so keeping it black and white is was good and um yeah i i that works for some people to do, like, yeah, if we reach this, you know, they have, like, 20 stretch goals, and yeah, we have, they have, like, yeah. deluxe hardcovers, and uh. um, I prefer, like, uh, I don't know if you know, like, uh, Spike, or, what is it, Iron Circus comics?
1: Yeah, Sp- yeah Spike's yeah, Spike.
3: uh, publishing um,
1: house, I guess, right?
3: Yes, 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 yeah. Um, and her model is basically, they, their stretch goals um, go into adding, like, a percentage of pay, of per page rate back to the artist so if they hit a stretch goal all the artists get like another ten dollars added on to their page rate or they get bonuses basically um which my, i think is a really nice oh, nice yeah way to, you know spend the money instead of like absolutely. making the book even more even like books as art you know like as nice aesthetic pieces is great but yeah yeah
1: I, I mean especially if you're an anthology i always assumed that that was kind of the best practice i actually one of my very first professional gigs probably like 10 years ago now mm-hmm. Jeez, oh my gosh yeah. uh, uh and it was it was for an anthology and that was the uh, agreement it was that we were supposed to get a page boost and like it, it the kickstarter did fantastic Like everybody was like oh my god we're gonna get like professional page rate and we never got the uh page rate you know we never got the page rate boost and mm. um I don't know what happened to the people involved. The book did come out, um, but wait, did uh, you get
3: paid at all, or like, or just we did didn't get, get
1: the we didn't get the boost. We got okay, we did okay. get paid in advance, which was nice, you know. Mm, it was, see, most of us were pretty like new new creators, but right. uh, nobody got the 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 pay boost. So, uh, yeah, kind of you know, like it's one of those. I like, I don't think the people are still working in comics anymore. Let's put it that way.
3: That's I see, I see. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's very like. I think there's also a huge, um, like, Kickstarter, I realize, has a, a very specific audience. Like, it's a lot of people are just there to, like, back things. Like, it's just fun for them. Sure. Um, yeah. And also, there's, like, a really big audience for, like, comic anthology specifically for that platform. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be cool. Like, once you get your collection done and kickstarting, I think it would be super easy
1: to do. Yeah, that's kind of but the more the, I've done a ton of research, I was doing some consulting actually this last year. So like when you were talking about all the like printing prices and all that kind of stuff, I mean, that's pretty much what I was doing was just overseas and domestic print.
2: Mm, prices. Mm-hmm.
1: And then I got on a few sites that were talking about campaigning and advertising. And I'm going, I was reading all this. And I was going, God, I don't, I don't I could be doing this myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, you know, and it, because, I mean, you know, there's certain stories that you want to tell, but, I mean, it's really hard, I think, for a publishing house to be like, oh, cool, this we love your six-page story on this, but we don't have anything, you know, like, magazines don't sell anymore. We don't have yeah. a vehicle. So, right. Yeah. I, I don't know. So it's one of those where it's like, okay, this is a time where I can play with different genres, do things that normally I wouldn't get the opportunity to do.
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, even in, in like, fiction, collections are really hard to pitch to yeah. your agents and to publishers and I think it's even um, more so with like mainstream comics like no one really wants to put out an anthology I think it's just like I don't know yeah. but there's obviously an audience for it like I don't know if you saw Spike's most recent um, comic which is like Native American uh, myths and folklore
1: no I didn't comics. see that
3: and I, I believe that it one. made like it made something obscene I think it's the most it's the biggest um Backed antholo- comics anthology. Now, let me see. Is it, it all? Like, in- oh, sorry. Good. It's all. It's all indigenous artists and awesome. writers, which is really cool. Yeah. let um, Let me see. It made 330000 $330, dollars. Wow. Uh, Seventy five hundred backers, which is like
0: that's amazing. Yeah. Holy, it's cow. amazing.
3: Yeah. So that's all the yeah, all the artists got like I don't know, like a grand bonus or so like they have like that's an fantastic.
1: insane bonus basically so i was
3: like oh, so sick anyway yeah, that's awesome yeah every yeah. time spike puts out a book i'm just like wow
1: <laughs> yeah i remember when she was doing like i was probably like in school and uh she had like some like books come out through like slave labor or something oh, yeah. like that I don't know. yeah way back And now she's got like her own company and it's crazy to see how just like prolific she's been. You know, you guys explain
0: who who this is to me because I have no I'm not sure who you're talking about.
1: What's Spike's last is it Trotman? Is that her last name? Trotman, yeah. She uh she was like an artist writer. Yeah. I think she got her start probably like what, early two thousands maybe?
3: Yeah. She was like a webcomic artist and then yeah, got into just self publishing and took off.
1: yeah, and yeah, she just blew up. She's one of the like earl I'd say kind of like OGs in comic Kickstarters.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And now she's like um oh there's a few people that uh, even there like at Helioscope Studios that have, that she's published their books for them and stuff. Like she's she's a Iron Circus does some really like innovative and like interesting books that are you know, they're they're willing to take risks on people that are unpublished and things like that too. Like she, she, she gets it big time. She really, she's, she's like, she has built, I would say like a comic artists publishing house. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Would you agree with me on that Sloan? What do you think?
3: Oh yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just cause she's one of those few, you know, you do, you know how it is when you work with these other companies, you're working with people that, you know, they don't haven't necessarily worked all the, I guess in the trenches of actually making a comic before and spike has done that so she understands everything that goes into it you know from making the comic to marketing it to selling it to all that kind of stuff nice yeah Yeah.
3: totally yeah Yeah. it's It's fun it's fun seeing just like even like smaller um cartoonists that are just publishing like maybe they have a goal of like a thousand bucks just to do like a really short mini comic run um and it's just cool like i i think this year i i've backed like I don't know 20 little short comics or like mini like graphic novellas and it's just so cool to see people being able to like put out these really niche you know stories that wouldn't have yeah. a, a place really in like more mainstream publishers because they're not really open to like you know risky or strange storytelling tradi- traditions mm. and yeah it's really fun yeah
0: we're we're big uh, we're big proponents of kickstarter we, we back kickstarter comics all the time
1: we love them I I gotta be honest. I think I probably buy more Kickstarter comics than I do at the actual than like stuff from the actual shop anymore. I don't know. I went on like there was like a four month (laughs) period where I only had Kickstarter purchases.
2: That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then wait, you know, then you have the waiting game of like, okay, it's gonna be here.
0: I'll I'll wake up in the morning and there'll be like three Kickstarters that he sends me at like 2 a.m. Um, yeah <laughs> and then I go and back them too
1: that's just yeah
3: nice Very I cool. mean
1: yeah so um are you I are you I, did I see that you're doing some kind of uh indigenous creators anthology coming up I saw you posted something about it just recently uh like on Twitter or
3: um I'm not I'm not planning an anthology right now I was part of a magazine that did an indigenous futurist issue
1: yeah that- that's what it was okay I'm sorry yeah, yeah that's what I saw
3: yeah. so that's yeah that came out this month and it's like fiction and I I did a piece of non-fiction which is about like um basically about like refactoring our perception of what the future can look like from like a kind of like an indigenous or native perspective
2: mm-hmm. yeah um
3: which is just about like I don't know I talk about um, how a lot of like native tribes, like from, you know, Maori to like first nations people, they've been, um, you know, taking action to have their rivers and like other, uh, preserves, um, basically legalized as people so that they can't be, um, you know, uh, damaged. Exploited.
2: Yeah. Exploited. <laughs>
3: yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So like rivers and basically to protect them from you know pipelines and mining and stuff like that
2: Mm -hmm,
3: Um, and i and i was just thinking you know you don't really see in science fiction i read a lot of science fiction and you never really see um the land given any sort of like personhood or anything um it's never really treated (sighs) Not with any sort of, I don't want to say reverence or respect kind of, but like, I don't know. I just find science fiction very like anti-spiritual in a way. And I feel like that's something that can be incorporated into our, um, uh, you know, our, how we imagine the future, especially because we're working in fiction and we can make anything happen.
2: Right. And I just
3: feel like people have just like this really narrow um, definition of what the future can be. And so I try and tap into how we can explore that a little bit um yeah
1: uh, when i was cons- uh i guess i'm still kind of consulting with the group but uh the group i was consulted for is a it's a group of indigenous uh storytellers here in alaska that are looking to do graphic novels and comics oh cool and oh it's it's awesome and one of the uh, two of the guys they're from chickaloon village up here mm-hmm. and uh they did this story called Chick or this book called Chickaloonies,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, they did it like in this. It's it's really crazy. It's like um, they basically I've never seen it before done in comics, but it's uh they almost like teach you the la- the Chickaloon language. But they the the artists created like iconography and stuff uh, using like you know pretty much like you know, the stories that his, uh, his grandmother told and his mother told, cause I think his mother was like the head storyteller there in the village.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, but they did it in this great, like super interactive cartoon, like cartoon style. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you get it to 80% studio, they're actually out of Seattle right now. That's where their oh, okay. they at, but you should check them out. Uh, yeah. The book Chickaloonies. I need to get a copy of that. I need to get my hands on that. Yeah. That sounds uh, really cool it's so cool yeah we're having them come on the podcast uh i think wednesday we're gonna record with them but um yeah man uh they did just the it's one of the most interesting like most interactive just modern versions and he created new stories and he created like like emojis because one of the Mm -hmm. characters is silent so he only talks through like emoji cons that are he made using like a lot of his like you know kind of like the village's iconography and symbols and stuff like that it's so cool it's it's amazing yeah yeah Yeah, it's one of those where you're like how is this not like a scholastic bestseller i don't
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah totally
1: but, uh, no I, I'm but it, it's all kind of like futuristic and stuff um like, yeah I'm I'm a big fan of like the indigenous futurisms mm-hmm. especially like you see so much of it that's starting to come out uh did you see the Robert Valley uh story that he did as part of that like Netflix um
3: um yeah the love okay. death robots it's yeah movie,
1: he, did, you think? he did that one I think it was called like was it ice i think it was
2: called ice
3: hmm. and
1: it's like these kid like a uh, native kids running on the on the the ice while these whales like space whales are breaking it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's uh, it's, cool. It's really I mean if you know who yeah. Robert Valley is, his yeah. styles so amazing. But yeah, it's worth your time. Like the rest of the series, the, the season 2, I, I don't watch it, but
0: okay. Robert Valley. <laughs> <No, the laughs> first Valley's.
3: one was a little rough to get through. I was like, I "Oh god." I still like, haven't
0: watched it yet. It's still in my queue. <laughs>
3: I, yeah, just, a lot of just, just like, the Robert Ballard
1: stuff. It's, like, <laughs> the
0: other stuff. I yeah.
3: Tech- Everything else is just like CGI, like tits and like
0: that's robot. what I heard. Robot
3: tits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: well, there yeah. you go. Robot tits, blood.
3: <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Alien tits. Like. Just, so just a lot of tits. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much all I remember. Like set in the backdrop of like, you know, an ing- industrialized space, you know, station or something. But that's, that's yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah Valley's one. He taps into especially I don't know if it's just the setting, but it's very reflective of like kind of the Alaskan experience cuz hmm. uh just with like you know they're some type of they're on a planet but it's all like oil based.
2: Hmm. Uh you
1: know like they're drilling for oil and things like that. So it's very industrial, but then you've got like you know, you've got this population of like native kids who are there because their parents are up there for work mm-hmm. and so they're just like l- like loitering around the city or I guess the drilling town like after hours.
3: Uh, it's, I see.
1: it's really good. It, uh, yeah, Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i to watch it. Totally gonna
3: watch yeah,
1: it. It's 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 the only one that's worth your time. Other than okay. <laughs> if you don't like it you can – You can just uh, you can blast me out on Twitter and be like Tad has terrible taste. Do
0: do, you know what? Do it anyway. Just blast him on Twitter anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, uh, Brian. I think it's time. We didn't ask this question last week. We We need to. I know we didn't, but did we? Haven't we already asked her this? Well, it's been like what a year and a half. A year and a half. That's true. That's true. Things change. Things change.
3: What question are you going to ask me?
0: Well, it's not a question it's the question
3: the question the
0: question yeah so uh question goes like this if you had the opportunity to write and draw any character that you wanted or any you know property that you wanted um it doesn't necessarily have to be comics can be anything we've we've had people say quantum leap and the monsters. So, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you want, what, what would you, what would your, uh, dream property be that you would want to work on?
1: Oh man. Free reign. Yeah. You could uh, do whatever you wanted. Yeah.
3: That's hard. I wonder, what did I say last time? No, I I need, I I don't remember. Yeah. I I should go check. Um,
0: you can't find it. It's not up anymore.
3: (laughs) No, yeah, it's hard because, like, I'm not very property oriented. I like to write my own yeah. stuff. Oh, I don't know.
1: Any, like, hmm. classic characters? Like, for me personally, I'm on a big, I'm reading uh, a song for Achilles right now, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend. Very good book. Uh, but I'm on a big Achilles kick. I, I want to do, like, an Achilles comic. So just, oh, uh, that's cool do it yeah i mean yeah he's i mean this, he's such a fascinating character
3: yeah totally oh okay um hmm. it would be cool maybe to do okay i have like a historical one and like a property okay so like okay. maybe a historical one that would be cool would be like an like a graphic novel about like kamehameha and like his oh. com, his coming to power i think that could be really cool
1: has it ever been done? I don't think that has, has
3: it? There's really yeah, there's really not a lot of like media about Hawaiian history or characters. It's mostly like anthropological. Mm-hmm. But I think that yeah. could be really cool mixed with like Hawaiian mythology, with which is also not something that's explored much. Like that's a lot awesome. of our recordings of mythology is just like through um like missionary translators. So a lot has been lost in the translation of you know recording that but i think that could be really cool um yeah. and then i was trying to think of like a like a property that i really like and i really like um farscape
0: nice which okay. is like yeah. you know an australian
3: oh, uh sci-fi tv show that is just like really oh, yeah. janky and oh, yeah. charming um i i watched it for the first time i think it's been like five or six years ago and i was just like i i really don't like a lot of sci- 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 sci-fi tv shows like
1: yeah, so
3: i don't know like star trek or like Babylon five like i just i don't know why i can't get into what, it
0: what about like, stargate i'm a stargate guy I,
3: don't, oh. I i need to try that one but i don't know why i always just bounce off tv versions yeah. of sci-fi stuff i did like the expanse but i feel like that's like Oh, I don't know. Cheating a little bit, but um Well, the, I think the, es- about- the
0: Expanse is probably the best sci-fi show, science fiction show out right now in my opinion.
1: Yeah. So, but anyway, I've sorry. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I'm sorry.
3: No, no. It's uh yeah, I it's really it's really good. Very um surprisingly uh practical and it's like science a little bit, but um Okay. But something about Escape. I think it was, like, a combination of, like, the puppetry and the yeah. really um, unusual set design that kind of won me over. Like, the most of the show takes place on this living spaceship. And right. the inside is, like, bronze and, like, bright orange and not a typical, like, aesthetic choice you would take for, you know, like, for a far, like, a far future sci-fi show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's just something really charming about it that won me over. Isn't and also a, like did, the,
0: did Jim Henson do that?
3: Yeah. He that's did a I lot thought. of the puppetry on there and design a lot of the aliens are, there's some really cool aliens on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I
1: remember and, that's why I watched it back in the day. I watch it like late at night, you know, if I like, was still awake at like two sneak downstairs, oh, yeah. <laughs> turn it on, watch reruns of it or something. And oh, it, it, cool. I just remember it being like, Oh, the this is really bizarre looking, like you said, in comparison to everything, everything else is very like, cold, dog space. They went
0: full camp. They
1: went full camp with it.
3: Yeah, and it's like, it's like sincere camp. Like, a lot of, like, especially the main character who's like, of course, like this white guy, I think he's a white American guy. Yeah, Um, Ben Browder. Yeah, Ben Browder, and I was like, oh, he's just gonna be like the typical, like, macho guy, but he's literally like, one of the most sensitive protagonists. And I like, like literally one of the main, um, the main through lines for his story is like a, like a recovery from rape basically, <laughs> which is like oh, not really? something I've ever seen happen. It's not like a physical rape, but it's definitely an extremely violent, painful, mm. like basically a psychic rape. Cause they're like trying to like pry The bad guy's trying to like pry into his head or whatever for this wow. like info that he has. But and he's always playing, like, the peacemaker between his friends. And I was just like, that is, like, so, like, you never really see that with, like, lead characters on TV shows where they're not, like, I mean, he, he gets to, like, gunsling and stuff, but he's not the most capable person. He's just, like, he's an astronaut and he's, like, you know, a bit of a jock, but he's not, like, a martial artist or anything. Um, they would and, never make yeah. Captain
1: Kirk that vulnerable. There's no way. Yeah. Oh, no. There's no way.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I That's was just amazing. like so charmed by that, and I found that so moving. And I just, yeah, it's like so good. Even like with all that camp, and you get these like really sincere and deep emotional arcs with all these yeah. characters. And I was just like, wow, this is like awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: See <laughs> so, now, you, yeah. you you tell me you're you're you know you're a fan of that. You should give Stargate SG One a chance. <laughs> you
2: yeah, should give it okay, give okay. it a
0: chance. It's it's really okay. good. And then actually, the last two seasons, nine and ten. Of the show, Ben Browder and Claudia Black are both on the show.
3: Oh, okay, okay, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I love that they became like darlings, like Mm sci-fi TV darlings. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) but yeah, it would be cool to do something in that sort of like space in there in that you know narrative world. Yeah. Maybe with like at the end, like maybe with like I don't know their children or something or I don't know, but. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, very cool series. Very inspiring.
1: I like that. I wonder what. I wonder if anything's being. I know there was briefly some Farscape comics. I wonder if there. Who still has the rights oh, to that? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. They're so ugly It's sad. <laughs> 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 they're like so hideous. I don't know who has them. Um,
1: yeah, it's probably got to be like Dark Horse
0: or IDW or That would be my guess. Something. One of those two. Probably
3: right? something like that.
0: Or boom, yeah. maybe boom.
3: Eight. Oh God! Yeah. Please no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no. Those are uh you know. You said you didn't you didn't quite have a you didn't know what you were gonna say, but those are pretty damn two, good answers. Two solid oh, yeah. picks.
0: Two solid yeah.
1: picks. Yeah, I I'm now I'm sitting here going like wow what what could you do with a Kamehameha comic I mean or like graphic novel?
0: That'd be, that would be teak. amazing.
1: TKO. Yeah, what yeah. You
0: guys, <laughs> Come on, guys, we know you're listening to They're this. They're gonna episode. listen to this episode. That's I know. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, oh, that man. was super fun. That was so awesome. What, uh, what, what do you got coming down the pipeline? Any, uh, any new work uh, that that you're gonna have coming out soon? Obviously, outside of uh, outside of this TKO work, outside of Grave and I. But uh, what, what else? What do we have to look forward to?
3: Yeah. One, did you
1: see how quickly he slipped in TKO?
3: Yeah, his, his, his,
1: <laughs> you know. You... <laughs> uh,
3: um, let's see. What will probably be out next is um the next volume of Prism Stalker.
1: Okay. Which is like oh. my
3: sci-fi what? adventure comic.
1: Yeah, didn't you win an
3: Eisner for that? No, or... no, no. I didn't win. I I didn't win anything for that. It was like Ignatz nominated back in okay. twenty nineteen. I want to say. Um, but it was basically canceled before it came out.
0: <laughs> What's it? So. It's what,
1: Prism stalkers or prison?
0: Prism Stalker? Stalker. Okay. Prism
3: thought, like the crystal. Yeah.
1: Everything I saw about it, it got canceled. I thought everything I saw about prison Stalker, the volume one
2: mm-hmm.
3: was like
1: all over the place. Like it did. It made huge waves and they yeah, canceled it, season two or volume two. I mean,
3: yeah, it even got a second printing, but basically because the first issue didn't, uh, like sell out, like. I didn't get good numbers for when the issue, like the pre-orders so it was canceled. Yeah. Basically before any of the other issues came out.
0: <laughs> Shoot, I'm going to oh pick this God. up. I'm going to pick this up tomorrow from the shop. This Yay. looks awesome.
1: Because I think that was probably one of the first times I saw your work. In fact, that might have been, I even, I think I met you because we were at a convention together or something mm-hmm. and you were promoting that. But maybe, it was it Boise? I think it was Boise. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think God. that was it. Um. Yeah, it's Apple's my baby, been... and I was just like, I've been picking at it. I wasn't sure if there would, if I was gonna have to like kickstart the next volume, but it's actually gonna come out through Dark Horse the next volume. Oh, that's so, great! Cool. Um, I'm really happy about that. It was supposed to come out last year, but you know, pandemic yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I had to pause, and yeah.
1: Was that a was that originally through Image? Yes. It was through Image, yeah. Okay. Let me ask. I don't. We can. I think. I if we can't get into this on the air, just let me know. But if you do a, a book say through a publisher
2: mm-hmm.
1: and whatever it comes out, but it doesn't go as how you planned. How hard was it to go from one publishing house to another? Did you have to get like permission or did you have to get the rights reverted back to you in some way? Like how did that work out?
3: Yeah. So, um, so image doesn't, you know, it's a creator own company. So I have the rights to the right. property. What they have is, they have the rights to continue to sell it until they sell out of their stock, basically. Okay. Um so right now uh so I was free to take it to Dark Horse. Um but what I'm trying to do right now is get my rights for printing reverted back to me for volume one so I could possibly reprint when volume yeah. two comes out. Um but otherwise it was pretty, you know, it wasn't a sticky situation at all. It was pretty That's you good. know it, oh. made, it made it makes sense that they would get to you know sell out their stock and try and make back the advance they they paid them, sure so. yeah, yeah definitely
1: okay all right that's yeah. not too uh, that's not too bad that's actually that's pretty good i've just i've talked to a few people where like they were in that situation and it was like no no no, no. we're tied at the hip for 10 years i have to get them to like sign over some paperwork to let me do volume two yeah at a different publisher
3: that can so. definitely happen um i mean i have to thank my agent because i she's the one that watched out for me for all that and caught all the red flags she'll well i mean she does this all the time for all the publishers but yeah yeah
1: Mm, damn you're making me feel like i need to get an agent (laughs) me too (laughs)
3: let's talk after let's talk after night we can talk more about it because okay thank you Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) ted ted do you think Hmm. i
1: need an agent Brian i got your back buddy you're appreciate appreciate (laughs) you
2: appreciate you um
3: but yeah, yeah, Prism Stalker, hopefully next summer. And then um, I'm also working on a new book with Anna. So I'm really excited oh, about that. Cool. Uh,
2: oh, no great. publisher
3: yet. It's just in like the proposal stage. So okay, we're pitching yeah. it out. Places, but it'll be another graphic novel. And it's going to be like a gothic. Um... <sighs> we wanted to do like a romance with some, yeah. you know, like a murder mystery vibe. But I didn't want to set it in like England. Like, you sure. know, in the typical like, Victorian. you know, Regency. So it's going to be in like 18th century like the American colonies because I wanted to have the, that like um frontier vibe a little bit.
1: Cool. Um
3: so yeah, I think it You can
1: it'll get you can get dark with that too because yeah. that was those were dark dark times. Yes. Wild so times. Dark
3: times. Yeah, lots of like, you know, conspiracies around. You know devil possession and right. like that's where like the illuminati you know the fear of the illuminati Illum- illuminati began and yeah. yeah it seems really fun so okay
1: those are the times where if you didn't like somebody else you had to do is tell your neighbor like i think bry's a witch over there
0: yeah. and
3: then <laughs> <Yeah>. boom <laughs> he's out <laughs>
1: of all,
0: first of all first of all i would be a warlock thank you yeah, yeah. thank you okay I'm it's like
3: crucibleing everybody that you like yeah. don't get along. With.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Good oh, times.
1: <laughs> I uh, when I was in like fifth grade, I was obsessed with the whole like founding of the like the thirteen colonies and all that stuff. I even mm. did um, I clipped coupons, and at the local Safeway in our town, they had this like education payback thing where for every coupon you taped onto like a tin can so if it was like a can of beans 50 cents off you got like half of that or something so they gave you hmm. like 25 cents i did that for like i don't know four or five months every day after school like for hours and um it was enough to go on a trip that summer to washington dc oh wow uh, oh cool. to go like you know yeah, to go tour like Williamsburg, and like I, I thought it was gonna be a bunch of other kids, but then I found out I was the only kid that didn't have my parents chaperoning me, and so yeah, <laughs> yeah so like they'd be off doing the thing. and I just it was great though. I got to just go and like walk throughout through Williamsburg, and um, you know all the all the you know you see like Ford's Theater and all that kind
2: of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was did you, it was did actually you really
1: steal cool. the Declaration of Independence.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, tr-
1: I tried.
0: Oh,
2: okay.
1: <laughs> you know, Nick Cage. No, I was, in fifth, I was in fifth grade, man, oh. by myself in Washington D.C. It was terrifying. I love that. That, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was really into it though. Like, I got like super emotional, though, like going to all those places. I don't know. It was. Um, Still haven't been it was, there. It yet. was. It's it's worth it someday. Uh, I'm
0: gonna. I was supposed to go. What was it? I think it was. Yeah, I was supposed to go to D.C. last summer for a uh, for a workshop. But obviously, that went virtual. So I was pretty bummed about that. But mm. yeah, know. someday,
1: yeah, yeah. Williamsburg was one of the highlights because, um we were there for like, two days. And so we got to go and, like see like those blacksmiths and all that kind oh, of stuff. Lord. and there, and they had it, I don't know how it is now, but back then they had it. so, like it was all set up like it was a working colonial town. Mm-hmm. So you could go down to the docks and they had, like, we went down some type of like I don't know if it was a river or something, but they had like one of the old ships that was a reconstruction
2: yeah. of wow. the
1: ships that they that they came over. It really made you realize though how like dingy and like the type of like filth that these like European dudes like lived in. Like it was just, you're like oh man I'm definitely I would definitely be the ones that are like I'm gonna go hang out with uh, you know one of the the villages over here because yeah.
0: <laughs> y'all are they nasty. got it going on yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
1: and then small too like the door all the doorways maxed out at like maybe five feet high Oof. so even like as kids like some of us had to kind of like crouch through like I think it's just because they were all like malnourished from you yeah. know the sailing back and forth it, it was it was real it was wild so you're saying really I wouldn't wild. I wouldn't be able to fit on one of those ships <laughs> no Brian. <Damn>. Um, <laughs> you being with the livestock dude I'm sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably be better better company
1: probably yeah. probably um <laughs> all that's cool so so you're busy uh you're super busy One, uh, one of the one things i think that i loved most when i first saw uh prism stalker was uh your colors that you did in that mm. they were just so i mean i don't even know how do you? I mean, this is probably the stupidest question because art, an artist hate it, and now it's an artist asking another artist. <laughs> what do you have? A, like a particular approach that you take to? Because I just love the. It seems so sporadic and spontaneous. Some of the your color choices, but yet it makes so much sense. Like it captures so much of like the. Um, what can I say? The emotional feel and depth of the situation. Like I, mm. there'll be panels that you particular. I don't know maybe I'm speaking out of turn but it seems like you take certain panels where you want the colors to embody the the emoting of the character or like where they're at mentally in the scene rather than just like I'm just going to color this okay the light's falling this way the shadow's falling this way which is great but I don't know it seems like there's more power when you do like have your approach in my opinion I don't know
3: No thank you. Yeah no totally I I prefer a more um, non literal approach both to color and also like to its application. So yeah, like you're saying, like I'm not super concerned with like, okay, is this like you know casting the correct shadow and the correct tone
2: right. as
3: opposed you know with the correct like lighting hue or whatever. Like I'm not. It's also just like not something I'm like super interested in, like rendering and like yeah. worrying about. Um, yeah. And I feel like with comic pages too, like you're taking in multiple you know panels and the entirety of the page um so i try and look at it from like a more holistic perspective and so i feel like i try and go for a little bit um simpler rendering but with like a more um grabbing color palette is Mm -hmm. what i like to do yeah
1: okay yeah Yeah, because it's something that i'm always i'm always such a Uh, a literal person even when mm-hmm. i try and get like outside of my head and try and get like try and be existential or caught up in the what emotion of the moment
3: mm-hmm. i always
1: find myself i just going into back into like what's the most familiar and right. uh, i don't know but i'm always drawn to the stuff that where people are like oh no this panel just i loved your colors on, on uh what uh
0: what was it a map to the sun the colors on the
2: oh yeah oh. yeah oh yeah thank yeah. you so,
3: yeah, same thing. Same
1: you you applied the same techniques, and yeah. it was just yeah. like, we're like going like, ah, oh, goddamn, that's so, so genius.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was uh. funny because like I didn't pitch the book. I I was wanting to pitch the book as a very like, um, just like more not not realistic, but like I wanted to have just more you know like local colors, like kind of toned down. Um yeah. But my publisher were, was like, no, you want like crazy colors, like you did for Prism Stalker. Um yeah. And I was like, okay, and so. You know, like, 50 pages in, I was fine. And then, you know, scenes usually run about five, maybe to ten pages. Mm -hmm. And then I have to switch color palettes for, like, a new scene. And, like, by then, I had to use, like, tons of color palettes. And so then I just had to start experimenting with stuff. Um, So a lot of it was just very spontaneous. Like, I'd grab a color I just hadn't used. um, And then try and find complementary hues to go with it. Or ones that were maybe, like you know, adjacent to it, like on the color wheel. And a lot yeah. of it was just playing around. Um, and yeah, <laughs> so
2: that's,
1: that's all. I mean, like, that's I, I love that, though, because it's just I know there's a spontaneity to it. There's like, I know, I think it just it helps propel the, the story forward so much more. We're like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think we can all say we love watching somebody who's just like, you know, every panel is just gorgeously illustrated to perfection. You know, yeah. where it's just yeah. like, you know, it's great. But at the same time, it gets so stiff and so slow, and almost becomes cold. I feel like it loses. It almost like if it's too well illustrated, or too like on the like, I, like Alex Ross is a great example, right? Mm-hmm. Fantastic painter. Yeah. But I, it, like his, when I read it, like the his comics, when he does comics, I just find it so stiff, mm-hmm. and just so cold, and like lacking that like kind of like emotional impact that i just right. completely tune out i can't get into it i don't know what it is i mean maybe it's just me i don't know
3: no um, totally I, I totally agree yeah. i feel like that's a big uh an experience i have often with like french comics because i feel yeah. like they're very prof like proficient and like technical skill all the time and style um but they i feel like they often don't let their work breathe that much because they're like hitting every single panel at like a hundred (laughs) percent and like sometimes in comics you need to like dial it back and like simplify things depending on like the the importance of that moment or panel to the yeah to the story which is like you don't have to like render every face every pore every hair for like every you know every panel you know sometimes you can just like you know, do a silhouette like you know, like are those woody, um, you know, like those like standard panel types.
1: Oh, uh, those, yeah, the um. Um, Wally. What's his name? Wally Wood. Wally, Wood.
3: Wally yeah, Wood. Like, Wood like, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. It's
1: like what twenty panels to that yeah. always work or something like that. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and there's something just to, the, and you know, they're done in like usually silhouette or just very simple drawings, but there's something about like being able to play off the complexity and. Simplicity and knowing when to dial that in and out and I yeah, yeah. I feel like that's something that's kind of hard to do I, I struggle with that too
1: yeah like I uh, a while back I went and read all of David Max kabuki
2: mm.
3: and
1: um, it's interesting because like he like takes it you know to the nth degree with I mean talk about getting into the character's head i mean there'll be just pages and pages where it's just like he's letting the the watercolor just roll around he's not even like doing traditional like lettering
2: mm. he's just
1: doing it with like a ballpoint pen and it's just sprawling oh, interesting. out cause, yeah cuz the character's like in like mid crisis right and it's mm. so it's just like your you almost feel like the chaotic mess that's inside that character's head just cuz right. they're in that state of mind yeah, it's one of those where like does it work for every scene? Sing- I mean, he he sometimes kind of I think feels like goes a little overboard with it.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: it doesn't necessarily be need to be in every panel which some of his comics he'll do. Uh <laughs> but <laughs> it you know, it, when he gets it the balance right, I feel like it's just it's like perfect. Um, That's cool. But yeah. Uh well, we're kind of, you know, we've been we've been clicking along for a bit here. Uh I don't want we start uh, winding down. What do you say, Brian? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Um uh, well, we as we wind down, uh we kind of go around and what's everybody reading. You know, mm, going okay. kind of do a little little book club. Sick? Yeah. So uh Sloan, what are you reading?
3: <laughs> what am I reading? Okay, so let's see. The last thing I read was a Polish kind of murder mystery for my book club um and it's called drive your plow over the bones of the dead oh and, <laughs> and it was it was like solid but i found the protagonist who are who we view the story from kind of annoying but yeah. like i think purposely annoying <laughs> um but it was like i was like oh this is well written but i just like hate i this character's like so irritating <laughs> and yeah. so yeah so like half my i think my book club was pretty split um yeah. some people found her found this the main character like really charming she's like an older older woman um in like the rural like polish wilderness
2: yeah um
3: and uh her neighbor dies and then more people start dying around her and she thinks it's um uh, and the people that are dying are hunters or like fox farmers and she thinks an- she purports that the animals are killing hunters and like oh. taking revenge on people um but she's older yeah she's old an older woman she's really into like astrology and she's like um a little bit obnoxious and kind of crazy and uh yeah it was a really interesting book
1: she sounds like the kind of person that the colonists would have said as a witch (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) definitely yeah uh but yeah it's really really uh a well-written book Uh, this is not like i think this this was this came out in 2009 originally in polish and then it was just published in english um in 2018 and so this is kind of like her mid-list
2: okay like
3: a novel but she's the one like you know the um Polish for literature, so she's a very well-known... Oh, wow. I- I've never heard of her before this, but she's got a lot of books, but yeah, this was really interesting.
1: Very cool. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. Bri, what do you got for us, big guy?
0: Alright, so, uh, I, I want to talk about, n- n- not necessarily one thing I'm reading, but uh, I have been uh, diving into uh, the Audible production of The Sandman. Mm, okay. And that is Just fantastic! A full-on, you know, audio production, score, voice acting. You've got James McAvoy as Dream, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really really good so far. Um, And then uh, comic-wise, the final issue of uh, Strange Adventures dropped uh, last week, so I've been way behind. I think I have only read. I was only Mm. read like four or five issues, so I'm catching up. I'm on issue ten. Right now, so I can finish out the uh the full Is, series. That's
1: who wrote that again? So Is that that's, Tom
0: King? Yeah, so that's Tom King, Mitch Gerads, and Doc Shaner. Um Wow. Yeah. And it's uh yeah. you got our 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 guy, our guy Clayton as a, as the letterist, so Clayton Coles. Yeah, does everything Shout out. He does everything. Uh yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh it's a great read, man. I'm 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 really excited to see where they go with Adam Strange and in in kind of how how it's going to end as far as, um, you know, is he a criminal? is he a war criminal or is he really a hero like he says he is? So yeah, it's it's just been fa- uh, just a fantastic read, and I'd recommend it to anybody.
2: Very cool. What about so, you?
1: Oh, I got find this one's this is a throwback. So it's Halloween season, my yeah. favorite time of the year. So, when I'm not working, I'm trying to watch old monster movies or something, you know, whatever. But, um, I decided since I'm in this whole zine mode, I uh, years and years ago, probably like probably like ten years ago or so, a family friend, my dad's cousin, she works in antique like antiquities down in l a. and she was cleaning out a box. She goes, "Oh, I found something. I'm going to send it to you." And it was a box of these old, creepy magazines that like Hmm. Frazetta did all the covers for, like the painted covers for. Um, And it's just a collection of all these short stories. So you get guys like Wally Wood and stuff. uh, Speaking of Wally Wood, uh, doing these short black and white horror stories. And, you know, like there's, uh, I mean, most of the artists I don't recognize, uh, but it's just cool seeing these like, you know, these old school magazines and, uh, you know, eerie magazine, creepy magazine and, and, there's just I really wish this kind of stuff would come come back because you know most of the stories are only like two three pages long, uh, a few of them are a little bit longer and they're always just you know like there's something in in the at the end of the road or in in the bellows of the <laughs> building waiting. There was one really cool one ah uh, where it was like this old like rich guy. And he just like was screwing over all these people, you know, like taking their money and buying their land. Oh, and so it's real, all this...
0: real life. Yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> and then, um, there's this person that ends up kind of like befriending him and working his way into this old man's life. And then really the whole thing was, and he was like, he, you know, finally, as he got older, he was, his body was breaking down and he, he wanted someone to, you know, like he had softened, right? Like, Oh, you know, you'll take care of me. And then the reality was is his i guess this guy that he's you know brought up all these years this young guy he he was just playing him he just you know he's like you're a terrible person you've done terrible things so this is what and he just throws the guy off this cliff after he had like purchased like all this land and kicked all these people off of it and then he's like now now the power so it ended like a bad guy was you basically saw a bad guy kind of in the making and then you know to become the villain he had to kill the villain that i don't know it was I like the story it, yeah. it, it's mostly like it's just really cool seeing that old school like line work you know the mm. brush work
3: oh um, yeah totally
1: yeah just i love all that Oop. so we're forgetting one book
0: because we both read grave and i from test oh, yeah. <laughs> written by our very
1: awesome guest we have here that's true thank you that's true <laughs> yeah we read that too yeah. we read that too yeah yeah <laughs> um well sloan uh We'll let you get at it, out of the old tiger den. Yeah. Uh, where can uh, our tiger cubs follow you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Sloan Sloan and Sloan Sloan dot com is my website.
1: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Cool.
0: Very,
3: Yay. very cool.
1: Um, Bry, do you want to take us home?
0: I do. It would be my genuine pleasure
2: to do that for okay.
0: you. So, Tiger Cubs, we've talked about it, but uh, we're on a new home at uh, Substack. So that's BlueTigerRevenge.substack.com, where you can find access to all of our great uh, selection of podcasts and uh, our new webcomic, Operation Blue. You'll be seeing new drops that'll be uh, it'll be right there on that Substack for you. So head over to that. Goes site. live
1: October 29th. I was getting there. Man. Yeah, it goes
0: goes live on October 29th, everybody. Um but Halloween <laughs> weekend. Halloween weekend, that's right. The nice. day I get back from Disneyland, Operation Blue goes live. So I'm uh I'm very I'm just as excited as you all to uh to see what uh what Tad's got cooking in the old Tiger Alaskan Tiger Den. Um
2: <laughs> but, but yeah,
0: hit Go to Substack, hit that subscribe button. So that way, anytime we post new content, it's going to come directly to your email inbox. You won't even have to search for it. It's just right there for you, for your convenience. Um, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to send us a message, it's uh, Blue at Substack.com. That comes right to us. And then uh, finally, you, we want to give a huge shout-out to uh, TKO, uh, for this copy of uh, Grave and I, and then uh, to Sloan for for coming on the show. Thank you so much.
3: Yeah, thank you for having having me. This was great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's all I have, Tad. Do you have anything else? Remember,
1: Tiger Cubs, <laughs> revenge is always best. Blue,
2: <laughs>
1: hit the music.